your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. late Tuesday evening episode of the Lockdown Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. A quick message before we do get to today's episode. This year, the Lockdown Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. You can get insight and analysis from Lockdown local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Lockdown NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day NFL coverage of the NFL Draft from April 29th to May 1st. Yes, it'll be another uh, draft night where the Penguins and Capitals uh, play at the same exact time. I absolutely hate that just because I love watching the NFL draft. And, you know, we've seen so many Penguins-Capitals games over the years, especially in the playoffs, happen on that first night of the draft. And it's supposed to be a big night for the Steelers as well with their pick at 24. Subscribe to Locked On Steelers. Chris Carter does a great job there. But um, in terms of for today's episode, we're going to dive into the Penguins' 3-1 setback against the Boston Bruins. I guess in a way... I kind of expected this to happen. And again, everyone, if you've been listening to me talk about the, these two teams with this matchup, you'll know that I'm of the opinion that I do not want the Penguins to face the Boston Bruins in the first round of the playoffs, and tonight showed why. They actually started their starting goaltender in two grass. And for some reason, I think like 30 to 40% of Bruins fans seem to hate him. I have no idea why. Um, he's easily the best goaltender, I think, in this division. One of the top five best goalies in the league when he's on. And he was on tonight. He made some really nice saves in the first period when the Penguins are playing well. In the second period, um, had a couple of really big saves. I think one of them was on McCann. Another one was on Crosby. I think towards the late portions of this game at 3-1, to one, um, Russ had a beautiful redirect, um, and Rass was able to save that. Um, he was challenging shooters all night, and he was just locked in. And, you know, he hasn't played in a lot of games this year due to um, injuries. And, you know, Swayman's been up, and Vladar and Halak, they have four really good goalies there. But Tuka Rask is their number one goalie when healthy, and he is going to be starting in the playoffs for Boston when they most likely make it. And that still scares me. And that should scare you as well, especially considering um, 2013 when this team, you know, ran at Rask and he was basically 980. And just overall with this matchup, you saw tonight how it can go sideways. Sidney Crosby's line got absolutely caved in against the Patrice Bergeron line, the super line, as I like to call it, of Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak. Overall tonight, the Penguins at 5v5 only controlled 45% of the shot attempts, uh, 54% for the Boston Bruins. If you just go individual, uh, actually, if you go to the on-ice impacts for um, Corsi and just shot attempts and all that, um, this 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 was the Penguins' best uh, effort tonight for their best players. Crystal Tang, 28% for Corsi. Um, if you go to Sidney Crosby, 35%. Jake Gensel, 36%. Jason Zucker, only around 50 Jared McCann, 47%. Brian Ross, 32%. Brian Dumoulin, 23%. Um, that is unacceptable. Um, I know it's against Boston. I know they're going out against Superline, but again, that just goes to show how fearful I am of Sidney Crosby matching up against that Marshawn Bergeron Pasternak line because they will do that to you um, at least three of the games out of the seven-game series when these two teams potentially meet in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's the matchup I like the least. I would much rather go up against the Islanders or the Capitals. I mean, the Islanders aren't even playing that good of hockey right now. We can actually thank the Capitals for winning today because, honestly, like I said, I'd rather the Capitals go up against the Bruins in the first round so those two teams can beat up on each other while the Penguins get the Islanders who Pittsburgh matches up better with, even though it's still going to be a tough series because you can't 
underestimate them like we all did in 2019, but just matchup-wise and systems-wise, it's a better matchup for Pittsburgh. And you saw it right away, which especially with the top line of Austin going up against Crosby every single shift. Obviously, when healthy, I would love to see the Blue Grid line get some shifts against the super line that Boston has because I actually think they can neutralize them. Like, And I've said before, I said on Monday's episode, I get the strategy of putting Crosby out against them because he's your best defensive center and he is a Selkie candidate and you trust your other three lines to create scoring. But you saw what happened tonight, the opposite of that. You know, you put Crosby out there against the Bergeron line. You lost the matchup. Both, all three of those players on that line were basically 30% Corsi or lower. And then your three other lines could not contribute to the scoring until late in the game when Jeff Carter got his third goal of his Penguins center. I'm going to get to that later on in the show. And I'm just fearful of that happening four out of seven times in a series where the Penguins end up losing to the Bruins. And yes, I understand that Boston is not that deep of a team. I think when the Penguins are healthy, they're much deeper at forward. I like Pittsburgh's defense. But in goal, you know, as well, the great equalizer is Tuka Rask. And he played his ass off tonight. And, you know, basically, you know, shades of 2013, I thought, while watching him. He was just everywhere. The Penguins were giving a lot of good looks at him, and he was just shutting them down. And overall, just going back to the Penguins' overall performance, I know I probably just said that twice in uh, milliseconds. I didn't think they played bad. Um, if you just look more of the underlying numbers, had 14 scoring chances, Boston had 20. Um, didn't have nearly enough at high danger, though. Only three high danger chances for the Penguins um, in this game. They had 11 all last game, and Boston had eight high danger chances in this one at 5v5. Uh, remember, they only had two at 5v5 in the game before that. Um, and, you know, I will say that Boston did expect to win. Their expected goals for it, even strength, was 2.36. Pittsburgh was 1.3. So this game went... Um, basically, as the underlying numbers said it would, or said it did, excuse me. And, you know, like I said, that's not to say that the Penguins played bad. They, they didn't. I thought they came out in the first period, played a very nice period. Overall, got some good looks on Rass. Bruins had a couple good looks on Jari. It was a nice goaltending duel. In the second period, it was more of the same. And then Mike Matheson basically gets walked by David Krejcik, who, you know, is still somehow doing that at around 34 years old. I think that's how old he is. Now, anyway, I think he's an unrestricted free agent after this year. Um, if I recall correctly. And then I also didn't like how Jari played that puck, in my opinion. Um, I think he was too deep in his crease. He's basically well behind the blue paint. If I'm Jari there, you know, and I'm no goaltending expert here, people. You know, I've, I've never played goalie in my life. You know, I have a best friend who probably would agree with me, I think, with this take, who was a goalie and is a goalie coach. Um, he needs to be up further in the blue paint there and taking away that angle because I didn't think... Jari played that well enough, and I think there was a lot of net to shoot at for Krejci, which is why that one went in. And of course, that did break Jari's shutout streak at I think of around 125 minutes. But you know, Matheson did all he could there. I know he got walked and was probably his worst play in a couple weeks of uh, playing for this team. But sometimes that happens. David Krejci is still a really good player. Um, going into the third period, um, there was still plenty of hope for the Penguins. They've come back so many times this season, but that hope was squashed when Brad Marchand cashed in to make it two to nothing um, halfway through the period. I thought they started out strong coming out of the gate in the third. They got some good quality chances on Ras, but again, he shut the door, and then Marshawn is able to clean up the garbage a little bit on the second goal after the Bruins, I think, had a couple chances. Um, you know, the, I think it was Crosby and CC played that the best they could, if I remember correctly, but Marshawn was able to just get in right there. I'm not going to blame 
uh, Jari for that one. And then the third goal, uh, Taylor Hall scores his fourth goal in, what, nine games now, basically. And I, I just have to laugh that the Bruins got him for a second-round pick in Andersburg. I had so many people in my mentions, and I saw so many people just talking about Taylor Hall on Twitter, like, oh my god, bro, Like this guy's a locker room cancer. He sucks. He's not going to do anything for them. He's still a terrible player. And it's like, I don't know what version of Taylor Hall you are watching. Obviously, he wasn't good in Buffalo, but... The player still has a lot of talent, and he obviously had a lot more to give. I mean, playing in Buffalo is going to kill you. I mean, like, two goals in however many games, it's obviously not good, but he's much better than what he was showing there. The fact that the Bruins only gave up a second-round pick in Andersborg, like I said, is just actually pathetic. And you saw that move that he put on there. I think it was on Teddy Bluger um, in the offensive zone and then just rifled that puck past Tristan Jari. I mean, I don't think a goalie in the world stops that puck. I mean, that was basically 2018 uh, version of Taylor Hall that we saw there. So he's been a big-time acquisition for them. Like I said, four goals, I think seven points in the nine games uh, since coming over. Has it been nine games? It might have been nine games. Like I said, I think it's four goals, seven points in nine games. I'll have to double-check that, but I believe uh, that is correct with Taylor Hall. He's He's been awesome, and he gives them just a much-needed um, offensive boost to a team that does not have a lot of depth. So yeah, people that think that Taylor Hall stinks and he's not going to do anything for Boston, he's just a locker room cancer, I really don't understand those kind of takes. That's for sure. Um, I have a lot more to get to with this game, including the play of Cody Cece. Jeff Carter, again, continues to be awesome as well. Got his third goal of the season with the Penguins, um, at least. I know he had a bunch with the Los Angeles Kings. But before we do that, it's time to talk about a couple things, one of them being rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto park customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tan lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The catalog on this site is unique and very easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always low, and the same professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why should you spend up to twice as much on the same parts? And you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, and you can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. We also cannot forget about 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points, and his exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Ring sure to bring joy into her life using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 female design masters that each produce a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. The collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect and unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at L-O underscore Penguins. So um, I, there will be some positives to come out of this game. It wasn't all negative, trust me. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and slam the team or, or shit on them just because I honestly think their effort wasn't bad in this game. I just think in this game particularly, this was one that they really could have used if Kenny Malkin. And I'm going to throw this prediction out here for you all right now. He will play... On Thursday, he practiced a little bit today um, at the game day skate in limited contact with that white jersey. I think you will see him in full contact tomorrow um, in practice.
practice if the team does practice. And I think you will see him play on Thursday against Washington. And his return will be so much uh, needed for these final six games of the regular season. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that is my prediction right now. Um, it'll just be obviously so crucial to get him back. Obviously, you're going to have the Yinzers that don't think Gino needs to come back. Don't listen to these morons. They, they don't know what they're talking about. They just have an anti-Gino, anti-Russian player bias or something like that. I really don't understand it. Uh, but he will make this team a hell of a lot better. Um, but that's not to say the second line that is currently the second line right now, that's going to be the third line once Gino comes back, is playing bad. I thought they actually had a really good game tonight. Uh, Jason Zucker, you know, we need to send our thoughts and prayers to him. He came out, it came in on another breakaway. I know it led to a penalty and a power play for the Penguins, but, you know, just couldn't elevate the puck a bit. He's just getting so close to breaking the dam. All he needs is one to go in, and he will be completely fine. That's the thing. He's getting so many high-quality looks, but he just hasn't been able to get that one that is going to just shoot up everywhere and just he's going to score in bunches. I really think that's going to start happening for Zucker soon. Hopefully it comes in the playoffs, especially maybe it'll come um, during these final six games of the, of the regular season, but he's getting close. I thought Jared McCann had some really good looks in this game. I think it was one on the power play. He basically came in on the left side on Rask. Um, he came out of his net pretty big and McCann, I think, hit his left shoulder, if I'm not mistaken. That was, I think, uh, one of the Penguins' uh, three best chances of the game. I thought their power play tonight was pretty good overall. They got three good um, power plays at the start of the game. And then, of course, you know, you have the makeup call um, in the second period. Uh, it's another case, again, I, I say this so many times, this league's officiating is an absolute disgrace. I, I really don't understand how you can call three penalties on a team. And, you know, the other team is not doing anything wrong with taking penalties. But as soon as that play, a player on that team gets hit and they just do a little tap on the shoulder or just a little shove, oh, you're going to call that and just get back at them or try to even the game up because the, the other team hasn't had a power play yet and they've been penalized three times. I never will truly understand it. It baffles me that the NHL does this. You don't see shit like that happen in the NFL. They will call penalties no matter what. I mean, I've seen games in the NFL where a team has... 14 penalties for 150 yards, and the other team has three penalties for 15 yards. Hey, sometimes that happens because the other freaking team is not committing a lot of penalties. That is how it should be in the NHL. I know MLB, it's different with balls and strikes because the empires um, are pretty bad. I would love for uh, robo-ums to come here at some point, but I will just never truly understand why the NHL and their officials just have to freaking do makeup calls for the sake of doing makeup calls. I, I just, when I saw that one on Rodriguez, all I could do was just laugh my ass off for about five minutes. You knew it was coming. Um, I even tweeted this out. I wish I was stunned that they called that, but I wasn't because this is how the NHL has operated uh, since now, at least since I uh, started watching it all, all those, you know, 15, 16 years ago or something like that. So yeah, I wish I was surprised, but that's the league's officiating. I mean, Boston was getting away with murder. Um, that basically th the three minutes prior to that, and of course, when Evan Rodriguez does something, um, oh, it's penalty. You know, we gotta put the ruins on the power play. And then the funny thing is, Colton Seaver had an obvious uh, a slash, I think, on a Bruins player while the Bruins were on the power play, and the refs decided not to call that. It's like, wow, you know, you're not gonna call that one, but you'll call Evan Rodriguez for basically tapping. Um, I think it was Lozon um, on the shoulder after a hit. So, you know, love NHL officiating on that. Um, I guess I'll get to a couple positives, uh, other positives, I guess. Cody Cece, again, was awesome tonight. You know, it just continues to be ho-hum with him, sign them to an extension, I think. Um, Taylor Hall had this great saucer pass in the second period, and Cece was able to get the puck on the stick as it was going to Craig Cheek. Um, that's probably a play he does not make um, while he's in Toronto or... 
Ottawa. So it was a really nice game from him. Again, Jeff Carter gets his third goal with the Penguins. I love how he was like kind of deceptive with that shot. He's coming down the right wing boards. Um, looks like he's going glove side, then slaps it um, blocker side on Rasp Post. And, and just an awesome little deceptive shot there. Gets the Penguins to within three to one with two and a half minutes to go. I mean, by that point, it's too little too late. But I mean, I, I didn't think Carter was going to be bad with this team, but I definitely didn't expect him to be this fucking good. Um, this fucking early. So um, he has been awesome. It's, it's been great to see uh, Carter been awesome playing with McCann and Zucker and part of my language there. I know most of you that listen to this podcast are probably 18 and older. So of course I swear a little bit at times on this podcast, but I'm just really excited to see Jeff Carter playing some really good hockey. Um, in the case of other players, I thought Trish and Jari was fine tonight. I mean, like I said, that first goal, he probably wants back the other two. He basically had no chance on. I don't think he'll get the start on Thursday against Washington, which will be another massive game for the Penguins. That'll be the next time they can clinch their playoff spot on the magic number remains at four. Uh, the Penguins win in any fashion on Washington on and Thursday or Saturday, actually, um, and the Rangers lose in regulation to the Islanders in one of those two games, uh, the Penguins will clinch a trip back to the Stanley Cup playoffs for the 15th consecutive year. It will be the longest active streak in the NHL once the Penguins eventually clinch the, uh, the Penguins. Even if they would have won tonight, they still would not have clinched. Uh, Buffalo beat, uh, Buffalo beat, uh, the Rangers, excuse me, beat Buffalo 3-1. to one. I know Buffalo came back and tied it at 1, but then Lafreniere scored to make it 2-1. to one. And I think Zibanejad scored to make it 3-1. to one. But the Rangers have a big gauntlet the rest of the way. Uh, their final six games are two against Boston, two against the Islanders, and two against the Capitals. So um, if the Rangers want to make the play Playoffs, which it's still very unlikely right now. Um, they're going to have to really earn it and hope that the Bruins collapse uh, down the stretch as well uh, because they still play Buffalo, I think, a few times down the stretch, but so do the Penguins. Um, but getting back to the game here, um, defensively, I thought Marino was all right. Pedersen was fine. Dumoulin and Latang did not have good games. You know, I haven't really shot on them a lot lately, but you know, you can't have your top defensive pair uh, be 25 to 30% um, in Corsi and shot attempts for. I mean, that's just not good enough. I think in the first period, Danny Shirey Irving of Pennsbog tweeted out that I think they were on the ice for 14 shot uh, shots against, and I think one shot for, or it might have been for the first two periods, excuse me. I mean, that is just not acceptable in any way, shape, or form, and you know they're going to be a lot better when they go to Washington on Thursday. Obviously, I already talked about the top line. They're going to need to be a lot better. I'm sure they will be on Thursday. And again, you know, before I do get to my next commercial break, I will say this was a game that they definitely could have used, Evgeny Malkin. I'm really excited for him to come back, I think, in one of these uh, two next games. But do not panic, Penguins fans. It's fine. I still think this team is a contender. They're going to clinch a playoff spot very soon. Just because, like I said, the Rangers have a gauntlet the rest of the way. The Penguins' schedule eases up after these two games against Washington. I'm expecting, at most, I think, a split from the Penguins, considering how Pittsburgh has played Washington so far this year. And again, I really don't want Pittsburgh uh, to get first place anyway, just because, you know, I, like I said, I want the Penguins and the Bruins to go at each other. But coming up in the next segment, I am going to get to the listener takeaways. Um, but before we do that, it's time to talk about Bet Online. It's the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now, baseball is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online along with basketball and hockey. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back. As the first leg of the Triple Ground begins this weekend, you get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action there. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out the, all the great sports 
40 new sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's been online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code Locked On. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So um, let's get to a few listener takeaways here uh, before we wrap up this show. Alan Toyota, that sucked. Can't stand Boston at all. Any sport. Hey, I agree with you there, Alan. You know, I've never been uh, obviously the biggest Patriots fan. I can't stand them with all those cheating scandals that they went to. And Bill Belichick always looks like Emperor Palpatine on the sidelines. And I never could stand Tom Brady either. Uh, Alan also says it's a shame they couldn't get the sentimental win for the new old radio broadcaster tonight. Yes, Mike Lang, in case anyone was living under a rock, uh, Mike Lang was back on the call tonight for the Penguins as uh, Josh Getzoff, um, the other radio play-by-play voice, um, him and his wife had their first kid. Uh, so congratulations to him. Um, and Mike made his uh, debut this season. As he's been out, you know, just with COVID stuff, he, he's finally fully vaccinated. And I think he had... Um, a health scare or an injury scare um, during the process, but it looks like he's getting better. I was listening to the game a bit while he was um, calling it tonight. He did sound a little bit off, a little rusty, but you know that, that's to be expected when someone is 73 years old and he hasn't called a game yet this season. I do think down the stretch you're going to see him call a couple more games, and I'm really hoping to see him call some games in the playoffs. It's nice to see him make his debut. Um, do not take Mike Lane from Van and everyone. He's probably not going to be doing this. Um, that much longer just because he's getting up there in age. Uh, but he is the greatest hockey broadcaster that I've ever had the privilege of listening to. And you could really see how um, happy and enthusiastic Phil Bork was tonight while Mike was calling the game. It was great to see at least the Penguins got a goal for Mike um, in his debut this season because I actually thought they were potentially going to get shut out in this game. And I really would have felt bad for Mike Lang if that would have happened. But he did have a signature saying during that Jeff Carter one, you know, get that dog off my lawn as, you know, he's been accustomed to saying so many times throughout the years of calling Penguins games. But again, congratulations to Josh Getzoff on that new kid. And congratulations to Mike Lang on making his debut this season for calling Penguins games on the Penguins Radio Network. He's fully vaccinated, like I said. Um, and it looks like he's over that little injury um, or health scare that he had um, after he got vaccinated. But yes, it does suck that they couldn't get that win. Um, Alan also says, let's forget this and hope Gino can come back for a huge series Thursday. Agree there, Alan. Yeah, I think he is going to come back. And those two games for Washington are basically for all the marbles um, in the East Division. The Capitals ended up sweeping the three-game series against the New York Islanders. Um, Fry Time says, Rask was better than Jari in the top line. Wasn't sharp tonight. Agree with, I don't want to face Boston in the first round, but we got to hear a Mike Lane goal call. Yes, awesome. As always, to hear Mike Lane do a goal call. And yes, I thought Rask outplayed Jari tonight, and yeah, I'm glad you agree that you do not want to face Boston in the first round. It's the same with me. I don't understand why people think that it's the best matchup for the Penguins. In my opinion, it's the Capitals and the Islanders at the top, and then Boston. You know, you can honestly go 1A, 1B with Washington or the Islanders. Pittsburgh just matches up so much better against those two teams um, than the Bruins. Mr. Nordahl says, the Crosby line had trouble playing defense tonight, maybe overplaying them. I don't think it's overplaying them, Mr. Nordahl. I just think if you're going to go up against the Marshall and Bergeron Pasternak line um, two games in a row, you're going to get caved in from one of them. You know, you may have won the battle in the first one, but you lost the war tonight when you basically got caved in 
um, every single time. But I don't think it's a matter of overplaying them. I think it's a matter of the Sid line spending too much time against the Bergeron line. And again, if Malkin is in the lineup, you can maybe get away with it a bit more. But when Gino is not in your lineup, you sh- you should not be putting the Crosby line out against the Bergeron line, because especially when you're losing, you're down one nothing going into the third. You want the best matchup that you can have, and that's obviously against maybe the Krejcik line or the line with Charlie Coyle on it or Nick Ritchie or Sean Corrali or you know whatever. So that's at least what I would have done if I were Mike Sullivan, especially when you're losing. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a matter of overplaying them. Um, he also says power play had some good chances. Agree, like the 42 and 16 switch. Yeah, I agree. I liked the Kapanen switch there. And yeah, just wasn't the Penguins night, like you said. Can't win them all. There's still six games left. This team will um, eventually clinch their playoff spot, and it might be as early as Thursday. Um, Boss says 412-724, pin on Twitter. I want the Caps and Bruins to go face-to-face. That's the only reason why I don't want the Bruins round one. Yeah, 100% agree. You know, like I said, I want those two teams to beat up on each other so that we can get a potential, you know, one of those three teams I think will be really tired after that two series. And I want to see both fan bases really go at each other as well. And, you know, that also helps the Penguins because hopefully they can get home ice in the first round against the Islanders if that does indeed become their opponent. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Really appreciate you all listening to this one. Excuse me. Tomorrow I'll have another episode out. I'll be previewing the game on Thursday and while providing some practice updates and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I hope you all listen to that one. And I'll talk to you all then. Hope you all have a great rest of your Tuesday evening.